0: Hey everybody, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Wednesday. Brian Kamenetsky and Andy Kamenetsky had a great show coming up for you. We're going to break down Kent Bazemore, arguably the most important free agent signing the Lakers made this offseason. Uh, we'll do that with Sam Esfendiari and, and Andy Liu of the Light Years podcast, cover the Warriors and know Bazemore inside and out. We'll talk a little bit of Western Conference as well and figure out where exactly the Warriors fit into the whole thing. We'll do all of that next. You are Locked On Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. guys couldn't see that but andy was bobbing his head during the theme could end up his ringtone wouldn't surprise me i want to let you know wednesday is locked on nba it's small market meets big market on the locked on nba podcast join jake madison of the locked on pelicans podcast and john corrales of locked on celtics for a look at the nba week from all angles follow locked on nba today on youtube or wherever you get your podcasts guys how are you good to see you Good.
1: You know, I thought that small market versus big market thing was a dig at the Warriors. And I was like, we're going to start like that. But wow. No, no, no.
0: <laughs> it's just a promotion.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, no, you guys are real, like, you're like a real city with like a real team. And it, it, you're not like some cute little. Franchise, you know the, the, you know, you guys are legit. It's like a real market with a real team. I, I, we've we got, got bridges here and stuff too. I mean, we got everything. <laughs> Iconic bridges, even. You've got
2: right. the entire Silicon Valley. Like you guys now at this point, I think look down on a podunk town like Los Angeles. Oh, we are light years ahead. Right, <laughs> right we <with, right> <laughs> certainly are.
0: Um, all right, so lots that we want to get into today. You know, we'll take a little. Uh, I, Andy and I have been debating kind of all summer, trying to figure out exactly how good. The Warriors are in the Western Conference, um, and and what's going to happen with them this year? Because the range of possibilities seem damn near endless. Um, but first, we really we've been doing uh, all off season since the Lakers have gone on their signing spree, uh, scouting reports on some of the most critical players that they brought in. And honestly, I, I I said it in the cold open, like. It, you can argue that Kent Bazemore is the most important free agent that they've signed because uh, of what he is expected to do defensively um, and the, the ability, hopefully, they think, to spread the floor. Um, but that said, Andy and I love following you guys on Twitter. Um, I've said this before. I think Warriors Twitter and Lakers Twitter have a lot in common, um, whether people like that or not. And nobody, was both faces hate the four of us. Yes. <laughs> there's, there's that. <laughs> there is that. <laughs> and, and there was nobody following you guys last year on Twitter and having you on our shows and stuff. Nobody seemed to get Warriors fans angrier than Kent Baysmore. Like you'd have thought he was just the worst person, worst player, kicking puppies. You know, all that stuff. Like, why? Because statistically, he wasn't bad, and Lakers fans are kind of excited to have him. Are we missing the point?
3: Well, let's <laughs> start with this. Kent more story is incredible as a basketball player. He actually started with the Warriors. Um, is actually Steph's best friend. Steph got him into Under Armour, or was it vice versa? Something or the other. Probably, probably Steph. that got him in, and then he got eighty. <laughs> plus very g-
2: difficult to believe that Kent pays. Yeah, more I was going to say,
3: <laughs> step that back. Under Let's under. flip that back. <laughs> <laughs> Gets eighty plus million with the Hawks. You know, just from a summer league guy, and then he makes his return back to the Warriors
0: as a vetman guy. So, so all in all, you'd like to think that this is a feel good story. Um, I really, I have a strong sense of a butt coming here. Like that <laughs> was a long lead up. <laughs> for a, a, a very polite lead-up for a butt. <laughs> I was trying I was trying to give a little con- – I, I With, just think he was he – <laughs> The feel-good part was the 80 million. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. Felt good, <laughs> good to him. Good for him. Good for him. I mean, sheesh. Could, could take all the vet that he wants. But um, I just – The Warriors, as a Warriors fan, you're, you're used to watching some of the smartest players ever play basketball. Andre Godala, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, etc. down the line. All of a sudden, you're stuck watching Ken Basemore. I think that's what happened. It's just, you watch this guy and he makes so many plays offensively and defensively that make you just want to, I don't know, Sam, help me out. That make you just want to do something to yourself. That is just, it was very frustrating because of the low IQ play. I I think let's just start there.
1: I was going to say, I actually thought Warrior fans were way too hard on him and I've said this all year. Uh, I think in the aggregate, he was objectively a positive player for them and One of their five best players, which speaks more to the roster than anything, but he is good for one play a quarter. That is just like, why? Like, there was uh, the best example I can think of is in the playing game, Steph Curry passes it to him and cuts to the corner, and it's one of those give and goes. The patented Steph relocate it's wide open, instead, Camp Baysmore dribbles into a double team and then finds a way to take four to five more dribbles to take a fade away and you're watching Steph and I don't know if the, you know this is a podcast so people can't see it. Steph is waving his hands like a madman but I'm wide open it's those type of plays that I think drove warrior fans insane where it's like in the aggregate it's one possession and in the you know in over the course of the game he did positive things but it's like those bad possessions
3: just are seared in your mind. He he will look off LeBron in transition <laughs> for a dunk to miss a layup against two defenders. Like he will do that. But he also shot like 39% from 3. Like that's 40, the, if you just for your 40% 40, like if you just bro, look 40, at it, yeah. if you just look at the numbers. You're sitting there you're like, "This it's a sweet signing." And and I think he is. Like it's just if the Lakers don't if the Lakers have to play him 28 minutes a game, which I don't think Guys, I don't think that
2: they will. Like, they okay, that, that, I actually think they will. Um, and, and this <sighs> oh, is oh oh well, boy. this is <laughs> oh when you were boy. saying before. Like, if if he's one of your five most important players, it says something about the roster. He actually could be one of the five most important players. That, I mean, you have to take this contextually with the idea of when you have LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, whoever else is on that team. The drop-off between those three and everybody else, talent-wise, you know, especially in a salary capped league, is going to be pretty pronounced. So being one of the top five can be a relative framing. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's it's all relative to everyone else on the roster, but Kent more theoretically could be the best two-way role player on this team. Like, and and that could make him. Very
0: important. I think they, if nothing else, they want him to be able to play. He's, he
2: is, right. there There are six guys on this team, Brian and I were just talking about this recently, that I think have definitive roles of around 25-ish minutes, give or take. As the three I just named, Talon Horton Tucker, who certainly mm-hmm. is getting paid like somebody that they believe in. And I do think he's shown a lot of potential there. Kendrick Nunn and mm-hmm. Kent Bazemore. Like, those are the six guys that I think definitively are going to be playing a lot. Everybody else, I think it's going to be fluid. But the the Lakers actually are depending on him to, you know, not necessarily be a standout, Andy, on either side of the ball. But I do think they are counting on him to having some type of impact.
3: That... They need shooters, right? And I think that that's to your point. It's Kendrick Nunn is kind of a chucker more than a shooter. And Ken, Ken Baysmore, anytime he got an open shot, I mean, you know, remember, like, anytime Ken had an open shot, he made it. Like, the guy was money, especially from the corners. He was, And, and if you're talking about the one guy in the NBA that you're going to pick to get a guy open or to find a guy open, it's LeBron James. Yeah. Right. And like, so so I think in that aspect, yeah, it's just the Warriors had a making decision. So if you're a Laker fan and you're thinking how to minimize Ken Baysmore, just don't have a make decision. Guess what? Balls in LeBron and Ross's hands. All game long, 48, 49 minutes a game. The, the one so, thing I th- worry about... To, say, like, this
0: is what, to, to Andy's point, I think that's what they did when LeBron came with Contavious Caldwell-Pope was mm-hmm. they removed a lot of the things. Like If you saw KCP the year before, like it was like, get the ball and go score. Like The team was awful. Like It's like they needed him to do stuff. And it didn't look great. When LeBron got there, they tailored KCP's role to emphasize all the stuff he was good at and removed a lot of the things he wasn't, which, like you were saying, Andy, about Bazemore, some of that was just decision-making. So I wonder if they think they can kind of use Bazemore in the same way and remake him or, you know, utilize him the same way as as KCP. Could that work? Maybe.
1: I. Th- he's a little more frenetic than KCP, is just my general feeling about him. Like you can tell him not to rip the rebound and go, but he's going to do it. So it's one of those things where, you know, I mean, he hasn't been glared at by LeBron and Russell Westbrook, who, you know, that might get him to just pass the ball and, and cut off ball. But in general, that's not been who he's been on other teams. And you can take it back farther than the Warriors. You can take it to Atlanta, yeah, um, who played kind of a similar system of the Warriors where they try to have the ball hopping around. So I wonder, but on the most basic level, he's going to outperform his contract for the Lakers. Like, they got him for a veteran minimum. He's going to defend. He's also going to commit fouls at times where you're just like, why? You know? like. But the the Kemp Bazemore experience involves a lot of why. Like, you you always ask yourself (laughs) why. Um, But other than that, like, I mean, he is objectively better than a veteran minimum player. And it's just a question of, like, what you guys want from him, right? Like, are you are you expecting him to over exceed it? Or are you gonna be okay with the fact that, you know, you're I, gonna get kind of this up and down guy?
0: I think it's, it's a great great way of framing it because, you know, some and, and some of those numbers from last year are kind of eye-popping in terms of his efficiency from three-point range, in terms of his efficiency from the floor generally. Um, his on-off numbers and how they translate, like, you know, go to cleaning the glass are kind of jump off the page as well. So those expectations are really important. Let's let's. But we, I want to Andy. And I want to ask you guys about some specific numbers and the sustainability of them. Moving from Golden, the context of Golden State to the context of the Lakers, AD Russell Westbrook, LeBron. We'll do all that next. Lockdown Lakers brought to you by Sweat Block. There are a few things in life that are just not
2: fun to talk about, and one of them is excessive sweating. Like when you are just sweating through all of your clothes for no particular reason. It's like 70 degrees outside It's or it's air conditioned inside. And that's embarrassing. I don't want to have to worry about that. So that's why I use sweat block antiperspirant wipes. They are stronger, more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You just apply it at night before bedtime. The next morning you wake up, you wash, you pig. Don't forget about doing that. Then go about your day without having to worry about sweat. Use it once or twice a week. Stay dry the entire time. Guaranteed or your money back. No more pit stains, no more picking out Shirts or your entire wardrobe based on what hides the sweat better. Andy, Sam, hope any things open up. You guys might be face-to-face with Steve Kerr. Or the Warriors brass. You don't want to be sweating in front of those you guys. You got It's some of the Immediate perspiration. Right. Some,
0: Green? Are you kidding? That, you look like Robert Hayes in Airplane at that point.
2: Yeah. I, some of the things you guys have said, you don't want to end up sweating in front of them. You know, lose your credibility. And 4th quarter Patrick Ewing. It's exactly. I'll put it to you guys another way. If you know of another sweat solution that's doctor-created, doctor-recommended, featured on Rachel Ray's show, tested by firefighters, I'm listening, but until then, check out Sweatblock. Get it today. 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or at Amazon and CVS.
0: It wasn't a rhetorical question, by the way. If you know anything like the firefighter testing or whatever, let us know because we don't yeah. think it's possible. Uh, let me ask you this, guys. Uh, if this if this sounds at all familiar you've got one device that lets you catch the game live another that lets you stream your favorite shows you're watching sports highlights on your phone you've got your neighbors best friends log in for a, like you're poaching you're stealing you're a thief well i want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your tv together it's called direct tv stream and it brings your live tv on demand and on demand favorites together like nothing before so you can watch your favorite sports your favorite movies and your shows all in one place um, your stories as as you know your grandmother might call them uh, that means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another piece of de- uh, another device ever again the best part no annual contract so get rid of the clutter get rid of the confusion and get your TV together with direct tv stream you can learn more about direct at, uh, more about it at directtv.com that's directtv.com Compatible device is required. Content does vary by package. Um, do you either? Do you guys know anybody who calls it uh, their TV? Their stories. Wow, my wife's no. grandma did that.
3: Um, well, my my grandma didn't speak English, so I don't even know. What, <laughs> I don't even know
0: <laughs> <laughs> The you know.
1: transition says yes.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. So last year, Kent Bazemore shot a career high forty-five percent from the field. He shot a career high forty-one percent from. Three point range. The Lakers need him defensively, but for him to be able to play defensively, he's got to be able to space the floor. So they are they are absolutely uh, banking on at least something similar to what he did: forty one percent last year, thirty eight percent from uh, the year before in Sacramento. How? What do you think happened last year that allowed him to be efficient? And thinking about going from the Warriors to the Lakers, how likely do you think that is to continue?
1: I'm gonna. I'm going to go full Steve Kerr on you guys. I think the fact that the Warriors moved the ball and he touched it far more than he should have probably helped him gain some rhythm with his shooting. Like, I'm not convinced Kent Bazemore is the type of guy who can go three, four minutes, you know, 10 possessions up and down the floor without touching the ball and then just sticking a shot. Like, uh, you know, like, like the way, like someone like a Kyle Corver or JJ Redick or someone like that. Like I'm not convinced he's that type of player. Like I think he's probably going to be a little more streaky for the Lakers. Uh, your KCP analogy is actually probably a best case for him. And I, I think KCP is a really good role player and kind of was somewhat underrated for the Lakers over his time there. Like, he could defend. He could hit shots. That's probably your best case with Kent Bazemore, where it's like he'll hit four in
0: a row or he'll miss 10 in a row, that nice. type of thing. Could he do yes. higher volume, Andy? Because he only took like two and a half a game. And, like, you know, in theory, in this offense, he could be asked to shoot. I mean, Andy, would you, I mean, both Andy's, would you like, could be three or four, sometimes five or six? I or mean, nine. they
2: look, the Lakers, part of the issue they had last year, beyond the fact that they didn't have enough good three point shooting, they sometimes had guys reluctant to take the shots, period. Like, they need guys who are going to be willing to put up shots, particularly when they're open. But even now, center, you got Westbrook? Um, well, I mean,
0: they, they... we're, we're sort of trying to find ways for him not to take threes. Um, but Andy L, um, would you, if, if that, if that bumps up to three or four a night of, of solid quality based on who's passing him the ball and you know, you cover LeBron down low or you cover Kent Bazemore three, um, do you, do you think he could handle, you know, I... three or four a game, five a game and still shoot, you know, high thirties? I think so. I think so. Absolutely. The shot is good. Um,
3: the the stroke is actually really, it's not, he's not, he's not a fake shooter, right? Like it's not okay. like he's out there trying to figure out like PJ Tucker, although PJ Tucker is a good three-point shooter. But it's like those type of guys where you're like, I don't know, like whether that's going in or not. It feels like he's just kind of picked that up through his career. Can't believe Sport can actually shoot. Um, to answer the question uh, that Sam did earlier too, it's, um. I believe, I mean, Lakers fans are going to love this. Steph Curry. Like, Steph Curry just opens the floor up for literally every single person in the existence of basketball, and that helped Ken more a lot. Um, but, yeah, I'm if he shoots more than what he did, I actually wish he shot more threes. In my opinion, he spent way too much time doing the one dribble pull-up. Like, that's, that's his thing. Like, Sam okay. talked about rhythm. He loves the one dribble. He loves t- putting his head down and driving to the rim. Both of those things I'm out on. But if he is told to shoot more threes, I would prefer it. Also, incredible cutter. Like, he's playing at 100% at all times, and that's – yeah, that's, that's what he's really good at. That's extremely
2: important with yeah. this team. I mean, it's it's important, I think, actually, for Russell Westbrook, if you're looking at things a little more granular, like something for him to be doing more often. But it's yeah. – it, yeah. it, these guys are going to have to occupy defenses in a lot of different ways because there's going to be periods where I think defenses are going to be daring anybody else to hit shots – but if guys like Baysmore can just occupy them through motion, that's going to help a lot, too. So I it's good to know that he's like, really need,
0: willing. You don't need a lot of space for LeBron James or Russell Westbrook to find you. If you have a hair mm-hmm. of a crack of a, of a lane somewhere and, you know, you get the ball and you got a layup. I mean, if you move. Yep. Yeah and, and uh, one last
1: point to it he will bring energy every game and for a lake like the lakers are going to be for best for in
3: transition i
1: was just going to be like every player on the lakers loves to play in transition yeah having a guy who's gonna force the issue in that way like they're gonna be a nightmare if baysmore is the guy who gets the energy flowing and the next thing you know russ is Picking off some passes. The next thing, they're running up and down the floor. It, they could be the type of team who, you know, it's ugly for half a game because the energy is down and they're playing half court basketball. And the next thing you know, they turn it up and that, and it's all because Bazemore decided to, you know, kind of pick up someone in half court, get into them, get a little um, get a little uh, in their in their jersey in that way. And you know, I could see that being very useful for the Lakers
2: too. Okay, I'm glad actually you brought that up because defensively, there's a lot I think being hoped for from Baysmore. Um, again, like when I was talking about earlier about him being, I think potentially the most important two way role player on this team. I know that they are counting on him to pick up some defensive slack that on paper this team lost. You know, with losing KCP, losing Alex Caruso, you know, losing Kuzma. What was Baysmore like defensively? in terms of i guess quality of the assignments that he would pick up strengths weaknesses that
0: sort of stuff andy mm-hmm. you're making a face
3: yeah, well okay I'll, i guess i'll go first i in theory he's set a, it really up so by fantastic. saying
0: how remarkable his career was though let's remind <laughs> people <laughs> like,
3: let's, let's run that like, back, a back again he's fantastic we speaker. want to
0: remind everybody to
2: feel good again about his 80 million dollars so.
3: he is a great locker room guy tell you that yeah.
2: he was no, he was with the lakers for pre-fall. about an hour great. um, great. um great. traded for steve blake who went well, to you guys yeah, we had, but, uh, yeah, i love maybe. the i love the steve blake era he's he oh, huge for the
1: worst. helped them <laughs> win a, helped them win an april game versus portland in 2012
3: yeah. yeah. he like look guys he's, he's not forget. Caruso. He's not Caruso. Caruso is 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 instincts are off the charts. I mean, he's just a guy that, I, frankly, I don't know why you guys know why he's gone. But incredible, yeah, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> incredible feels guy, great help defender. I'm talking about Caruso with Bazemore, He's more of a. Um, I think of him similar to Andrew Wiggins, where it's like you put him on a guy, you put him on a guy, you tell him that's his assignment. If you ask him to do anything outside that is even like like anything like off ball stuff, he he's lost. But if you stick him on a guy, you tell him to pepper him the whole game, just kind of play up on him, full court, all that type of stuff, that type of energy that Sam was talking about, he's going to be great. He, he's going to be awesome. Um, he is going to make some dumb fouls. Um, but, I mean, that comes, that's what comes with being a great energizer guy.
2: Well, it also comes with being on a guy a lot. I, right. I think if like your primary assignment is to be on ball as a defender, there's going to be times where you just end up making bad fouls because it's hard. Like, that's, it's really You're hard to, to do, do that. that. Yeah. Yeah. He's
0: going to get primary you – know, you don't want Russ on those guys. You'd like to avoid yeah. too much of LeBron uh, right. doing that. And, you know, yeah, you know, AD's not going to run around with twos all day. So, you know, like he's going to get that assignment. But it's interesting, you know, Sam, because, you know, the Lakers traded away. Not that they were as switchy a team as some others around the league, but they traded away a lot of their switchability. When they let kcp go when they let kuzma go um you know losing caruso and so they're gonna have to do it differently this year and figure out how to integrate a bunch of guys um defensively into a scheme. like is from andy's perspective it seems like he doesn't consider uh kent bay as more a scheme <laughs> sort of say, i actually
1: so so i wanted to actually bring this point up i think a lot of Bazemore's effectiveness on defense will come down to Anthony Davis. Um, If Anthony Davis is fully engaged the way he was in 1920 when the Lakers won the title, he makes it a lot easier on guards. Like, Ken Bazemore can be counted on to pressure the ball and kind of get into someone and be a nuisance the way that KCP and um, Caruso and those guys did. Uh, during the Lakers title year, Avery Bradley, 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 people
0: don't talk about him was perfect example,
1: but a lot of that was because Anthony Davis, I mean, he had a defensive player of the year caliber season as the help defense behind those guys. He really allowed those guys to kind of be a little more aggressive on the perimeter than let's just say average perimeter defenders can be when they don't have Anthony Davis behind them. Right. Um, I think in that capacity, Bazemore is like the perfect, you know, like foot soldier to kind of carry out the scheme and do everything you want when you have uh, guys with not just like the IQ, but like the capability of uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron behind him. Now, if you get into a scheme where Anthony Davis is kind of trying to preserve himself and not trying to be defensive player of the year, and you're asking Kent Bazemore to think the game more and make decisions where he's switching on to guys and has to be. Kind of, you know, the perimeter stopper that's where he gets into gambling and making mistakes and things might go awry. But, like, I from a vision standpoint, yeah, he can give you what KCP gave you for a fraction of the cost, right?
2: Speaking of switchability with with, uh, Bazemore, I I wanted to ask about this before we possibly go to break, but um, he this team doesn't really have a true small forward like a designated true three. Like, you know, LeBron can be whatever you want him to be, but there's going to be times where he needed to be something else. And they don't really have like a a wing like that, which would mean at times Bazemore would have to switch on to like, you know, sort of, sort of. But, you know, I mean, you want to talk about a guy with some defensive questions. THT has way more than Bazemore. Like I can promise you, I mean, whatever worries you have about Bazemore losing assignments off ball, uh, uh, THT is, I'm willing to bet, Further further along in that capacity? Worse in every regard. How, how does – Bazemore would be undersized against most threes. How does he typically do if he's given up size? Because that's something the Lakers used to deal with also with KCP at times with Danny with Green. Bruce. So with Danny Green. Sure. Sam
1: and I are sitting here waiting uh, <laughs> to- <laughs> I was waiting to see if you were going to take it. No. I was going to say, I actually never think size is an issue with him. It's more yeah. – um, yeah multiple decisions like i okay i love basemore when he's guarding someone and it does not matter if they're Kawhi leonard although you know Kawhi's is probably gonna score uh, or like you know guarding a point guard like he, kemp basemore has over a seven foot wingspan he's incredible he has, a, incredible yeah, he has and he yeah. is a legitimate six five like so he plays bigger than his height like that that's not the issue the issue is always when you're asking him to do more than one simple assignment
3: Yeah. One, two, three is not really a problem. Four is obviously, it's not, it's not four. Um, So one, two, three, I I think I wouldn't be so much worried about that. It's where, and and I harp on this a lot because I think to to Sam's point, yeah, the Warriors had Draymond Green, but beyond that, they didn't really have any bigs out there, like Looney sort of, but don't have any rim protectors um really i mean even if you look at the lakers i mean they still got big guys that have some semblance of iq defensively warriors had a 19 year old james Weissman. like that made things really hard for someone like basemore where you not only you got to guard them at the high level at the three point line you also kind of have to stop them at the rim right um and so that becomes difficult but yeah I, from a switch, switch switchability perspective i think he'd be fine with with LeBron and uh, well Russ, I don't know, but that's well, that's, that's, but that's another podcast. That's, yeah. that's a Russ. Yeah. Thing. That's that's, not, that's yeah. another podcast. Right. Yeah, and
0: we'll see. Like Russ, a lot of it with Russ is just the question of like, does he put in sort of the attention, and that's that's one of the going to be one of the great themes. Ooh. I mean, ultimately, it sounds like um, that Sam is quite wistful um, and misses Kent Baysmore already. I and, do, and uh, Andy, <laughs> you uh, helped pack his his apartment and move him down to L.A. Yeah. Him and KD, both. Got it. (laughs) Well, I mean,
2: you are renowned for kicking dudes out of uh, the bay. Andy like I mean Sam's got a rep too but I don't think anybody matches up to Andy along these lines. <laughs> look,
3: look man some guys aren't enjoyable watch can to the curb man. I'm in some guys aren't built guys. for this like me <laughs> the guy watching it all. If he's more gave me a couple mil off that $80 million contract we can talk but you know it's, it's tough. No, but, uh, I, mean,
0: I think it was only yeah. about 65. Let's not, <laughs> let's not make this bigger than it was. He's only made $77 million over the course of his career. Oh, um, all right so I, we, Andy I do want to ask you guys a little bit about the Warriors and just talk a a little bit about the western conference just because it's been a uh, it's kind of a crazy off season um, and we for one can't figure out how good the warriors are going to be so we'll start there look at the rest the rest of the west we'll do that
2: next locked on lakers brought to you by built bar the best tasting protein bars ever bars covered in 100 chocolate they are soft they're easy to chew i'm not going to call out the ones that you can't chew but they're deadbeats and they know who they are but belt bars they are healthy. They're great for health-conscious people, whether you're trying to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low-calorie. They're low-sugar. They're high-protein, high-fiber. Great for keto diets, and they taste awesome like ever. You got the 12 original flavors like raspberry, coconut, almond, salted caramel, banana bread. New flavors like cherry barcia, lemon, almond, cheesecake, cookies, and cream. They're perfect for someone like me who just likes really cool, different, unique flavor combinations. You never feel bored like you're eating the same thing over and over with Built Bar. So go to Biltbar.com. Use promo code Locked15. Get 15% off your first order. Again, the promo code Locked15 for 15% off at Biltbar.com.
0: Locked On Lakers also brought to you by BetOnline.ag. It's that time of year, guys. Are you guys getting into football? I got a fantasy football draft on Wednesday evening. I'm very excited about. Um, teams are back on the gridiron. Football starting, and betonline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action. This season, get all the updated odds, props, contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest. Now, they call that at a 1 160th of a Baysmore. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Kent Baysmore farts that kind of money. (laughs) Head over to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus, 100%. And be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. You make a bet on the uh, Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25, $25 for new customers only when signing up using the uh, the promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports. Your favorite casino games are there too. So don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sports book experts. All right. Uh, simple question that I'm sure you guys can answer succinctly and in very, uh, you know, doesn't do, know to unpack anything. Are the Warriors good this year? Yes. Okay. Maybe. How good?
3: Oh come on. Said jeez. I knew I knew he would do that. I knew he would do that.
1: I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to give these guys a two hour pod.
3: They've been (laughs) been so gracious to us. Let's
0: unpack this. Our our boss doesn't like that. You don't have to.
3: I I, I think the my and I'm I'm always a homer. People think I hate the Warriors, but I'm always a homer. I think outside of the Lakers, uh,
0: there's no No, team. You love the Warriors, you just hate all the people who play for
3: yeah, just every (laughs) single guy, except for Steph. Except for Steph. There's that one guy I do love. Um, There's no team that screams to me in the Western Conference that's definitively better than the Warriors if I look at it, not right now, but in April or whenever the playoffs start. Who knows when they start? Um, There's no team that you can tell me is going to be 100% better than the Warriors. Now, if you you know, AD, LeBron, healthy, yeah, most likely 99%. They're probably going to be better. But out of everyone else, you go down the list, Portland's a mess, Denver doesn't have Jamal, Kawhi, Kawhi's not playing for LA, the Suns are a fraud, like well, we can go right down the list, like I don't see a team that's really, I mean like you can make the case that the Warriors are better than those guys when the playoffs come around, is my point.
2: Well, I okay, a lot of that, Sam, obviously depends on Klay Thompson's health this season, where he's at, what he's going to look like coming off consecutive pretty significant injuries. What have you heard about where he is right now? And sort of what of your, I guess, best combination of optimistic slash realistic expectations for Clay? Because, I mean, I, that to me feels like the biggest X factor for the entire season.
1: So, I mean, you guys saw him at the Giants-Dodgers game Sunday. I mean, he's, good. he's somehow morphed into like an in incognito the West, sailor and a ninja turtle at the same time. <laughs> I can't tell. I mean – <laughs>
2: <laughs> you, you, you see, you see what I'm saying. But anyway, I mean, uh, <laughs> for a guy that's doesn't seem like a natural extrovert, Clay's just the best. Clay he, is he the re- absolute. He's the he, best. He really is. Like, he, I
1: think he's now reached the the meta layer where he's like aware of how people yeah. think
2: he's funny, and he's leaning into it. And it's yeah. just it brings everyone joy. Is he the most really quick? Is he the most liked high profile player in the NBA? Like, I. I Nobody think so. dislikes Clay Thompson. No, I've never, I've never met a person
1: who's like, you know, who I fucking hate, <laughs> I hate <laughs> Clay Thompson. <Okay>. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. You that out. Um, but like, I can't you believe are you are the one to do that. Wow.
3: I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm
1: sorry. Yes, we might just I'm keep so that. Happy. We might uh, but, just but, keep. So it. <laughs> but like the, the point stands, like I, I've never met a person who just has like a visceral hatred of Clay Thompson. He's, He's uh, the Ted
0: lasso of of the NBA. Yeah, He's the one guy we can all agree on. It's so. Just, so yeah, no, 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 I was just gonna say women love him, players
3: love him, fans love him,
0: <laughs> coaches love him, coaches
3: love Clay Thompson. Like, oh, just, yes, they do. Yeah, it's it's, it's his peers, peers so, love him. Yeah, like
0: why? So, like, Andy, but Andy and I have this debate all the time. It's like, I, I, am, I am closer to thinking the Warriors are going to be, you know, if Clay comes back and is healthy, at least over the second half of the season, you could certainly argue. They have as good of a chance to be a, you know one of the two or three best teams in the West as anyone. I think they already step behind the Lakers. Um, I would put them behind Phoenix, so I don't consider a fraud. It was bold. Um, but I mean, they did make the Western Conference Finals last year. They didn't they get had to worse. be bold. Um, but, you know. No, they made the actual I, finals. That's true. Oh, well, that's <laughs> even better. You're right. <laughs> I forgot, forgot about finals. that. And they choked up 2 <laughs> 0. <laughs> um, they didn't choke. <laughs> but, like, the point being, like I look at it, and you're like, okay, Clay's healthy they come back. Draymond is not the offensive player that he used, but he's still pretty useful there, and is a still a great defender. Yeah. Steph is Steph, and if like one of the rookies or second year guys pop Jordan a little Bull. bit, and Otto Porter stays healthy, and that's a pretty good team. Yeah.
1: Like I like that team. So let me make the case for you for why the Warriors will be good. And I say this after I was the one who's a cynic like two minutes ago. Um, so, so they finished the year 15 and 5. 90% of them being good down the stretch. I'm not saying they're going to, that's, that's a 61 clip. I'm not saying they're going to do that. Um, 90% of that was removing Kelly Oubre, James Wiseman, and leaning into what they're actually good at, which is just shoot the ball or move it until Steph gets open, right? Like we can, we, you guys watch the playing game they were outmanned and like there was a finite level of talent there, but like inevitably if your philosophy is just pass until stuff gets open, you're going to have a puncher's chance. And there, then, there
2: is a level of don't overthink this. Yeah, <laughs> I
1: mean, <exactly>. like, <laughs> so I, so they, they leaned into it a little bit and they signed players. I would define as, um, yes. you know, like, like Kelly Oubre is more talented than Otto Porter an actual skill, but like Otto Porter will probably pass Steph the ball instead of shooting contested jumper. You know, like those are the type of those are the type of like less is more
0: moves. uber, uber has a baysmorian streak to it, I, he, if you will. He, he, so way worse, worse, way worse. Yeah.
3: Yes, way worse. But it's it's just like the Warriors. Uh, Sam, you make that's the point. It's the Warriors overcorrected. And maybe not overcorrected. They corrected and said, hey, we're going to go with shooting and skill over pure athleticism and quote-unquote talent. Um, And that's why they got guys.
0: Kelly Oubre, he is. I mean, wildly handsome. And we talked so about that,
3: this. I, I bet deja vu. We talked about this a year ago. I, <laughs> he's
0: just stunning. <laughs> so that should count for something. So it <laughs> counted for... I don't know what it <laughs> counted for.
1: I mean, it certainly bought him, uh, it bought him more time before the fans got mad. They're like, yeah, he's shooting true. 28%, but look at the eyes, man. Look at the eyes. I mean, he has some, some great kisses <laughs> and great celebrations. I will, I will miss um, just the extra plays on the, like draws a charge and does yep. push-ups. It's a four to six game with 10 <laughs> minutes left in the first quarter. Like, like, you know, incredible. just like doing the first down, like marker anytime you like it, like that sort of stuff was just, I, I mean, I will miss it because like it, it was hilarious, but in terms of basketball,
3: they probably got better. <laughs> I, I was in on Ubre. I had a soft spot. The guy played hard, man. He he played hard. He cared. He just put well, that, in the wrong you know, position. I mean, that was like that was like Nick Young,
2: like several years ago with the Lakers. Like he was entertaining and he had you know the swaggy persona. But the like the dirty little secret about Nick Young is that he actually gave a shit. Like Nick Young really cares. Like he's sneaky competitive, and you can't tell because of all the Nick Young persona. Like mm-hmm. there was nobody in that locker room who would get more mad about a loss. Than him, like by a pretty wide margin.
3: I Ow. mean,
0: granted, he would often contribute to them in significant <laughs> ways. Um, I mean, that was, it was a, it was a, like a 23 win team. Who cares? So, <laughs> I mean, he, was, he wasn't the only problem. I'm mean, just, but like, you know, guys, uh, Nick uh, Young made one of the biggest shots in, in the was, no, 17, say, Nick
1: 18. Young was, um, Nick Young was, uh, it gets forgotten in history, but he kind of hit some important yeah. shots in their game, game seven. seven game Houston. Yeah. Seven.
0: yeah, well, yeah Nick Young. I think yeah, not man has a ring, you're not You're in the wrong warriors. Place if, you're, if you're warriors, standard, uh, <laughs> yeah. here, so like okay, so with that in mind, I mean, can would you guys agree that if everyone stays healthy, the Lakers are the best team in the West, in theory? Yes, yes, okay. they're like they, have the, they have the most top to bottom. Yes, who yeah. is next? Who do you, who else do you like in this conference? Like, the ad gets hurt and or you know all of a sudden there's some vulnerability what's my angle? the lakers have the same
1: issues they had last year with injuries right sure yeah, that type of situation
0: um i would probably go
1: denver i'm gonna wow. take the warriors i'm gonna take the warriors out of this equation because i as cynical as i am if you give me <laughs> the warriors core with clay actually healthy in the playoffs i think they're dangerous against anyone but i'm gonna you know not entertain that possibility I'm going Denver because you're gonna I mean, entertain Jamal, Jamal coming off an ACL though? It's just one. It's, <laughs> he's, not, he's not coming off two back to back injuries. And they also don't need him to be their second best player. They need him to just be good. I think Michael Porter Jr. is an all-star next this year. I think he's he's married. gonna have
2: the opportunity to be one. That's mm-hmm.
1: for sure. That is true. Aaron Gordon thing. I I mean sort
0: of an interesting part of it Yeah, today. I
1: mean, just just because he's uh, you know. Uh, an interesting character off the court doesn't mean he can't he can't he can't play. I, I'm a big fan of this game, so uh, I'm I'm gonna go with Denver as the team I think has the highest upside in the West
3: outside of the worst. All right, Andy, say um, Sacramento, you coward. Yeah. <laughs> well, since I'm not allowed to say the Warriors, which I actually why I would go with okay. if I can't say them. Um, and Brian's gonna love this. The Suns. I mean the Suns. I mean, after what I just said about them. But I mean, in all honesty, it, they are the team where DeAndre Aiden, he's just he's only gonna keep getting better. DeAndre Aiden, who Warriors fans seem to think that James Wiseman plays like, but like DeAndre in great hands, uh good defender. Uh, great touch. I mean, if he develops a shoot like a tall footer or like maybe, maybe a three point shot, I mean, it's awesome. Great role player, Chris Paul. Maybe he stays healthy again. Like that, that's at least a very, very, very good regular season.
2: The re, I was gonna say, the reason I think Phoenix, you know, who knows what would have happened if they had competed against a slate of teams with more guys available. I mean, could they have lost some of those series? Sure. The flip side is they were pretty good the entire year, pretty. I just. I I just think they're a really well constructed team. Like they don't have the super upside, I think, of of maybe the Lakers at their actual absolute peak or like the way Steph can go nuclear. But what they what they are though is pretty solid top to bottom, and you don't look at them like with there's no
0: glaring weakness with them. They're they're just pretty they they're a team that makes you sense. Kinda, you almost just sort of wonder like, the CP3 have another one of those? Super healthy seasons left in them. Like that's basically I even. Mean, I, I see them like Milwaukee. They are right. You know Brooklyn, the obvious favorite in the in the East. But if something weird happens, like Milwaukee, or right does there, or does CP three run, anyway.
1: run into a playoff run where the they lose the best player on every team he plays against on the way to the finals? So, it helps. Yeah. But
0: look, I mean, Lakers fans don't like talking about this. I mean, things sort of opened up in 2019, 2020 during the bubble for the, you know, Portland, Dame gets hurt. And in the second round, they got the Rockets, which would have been a phenomenal matchup anyway. And then they had injury problems and then... Um, who they play in the conference Daniel finals. House had his little adventure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, you, Denver, know, you got
3: an exhausted Denver team in the West right. Finals. I mean, Miami, the Warriors went through Miami the same Miami thing. It happens to everyone. Yeah.
0: I mean, that, this this everyone, is yeah. how it works. Like, that is yeah. normal. Yeah. So, you. you know, I'm not, I'm not adding an asterisk next to anything. Sort of yes. Still counts the same. Yeah. Still counts the same. So, um all right. Well, no, but I mean, those are – the I am. I'm really saddened by the Kawhi thing and the Jamal Murray yeah. thing. Because God, if those guys were healthy, the Western Conference, which is good, would be bonkers. And like, you know, but we are being robbed a little bit of stuff. So yeah, we'll see.
3: I, I do think. I do think a lot of the one thing I, I'm very confused about, and maybe you can help this before we head out, is that I do feel like there are people that aren't. More nationally based, that feel like the Warriors are going to be a lot better than what Warriors fans may think that they are going to be. So I think that that's a that's a part where I'm a little get, bit confused. Where people are like, "We think the Warriors are going to be in a great spot to be a contender," and I think a lot of Warriors fans like they don't really get that much better. They didn't really pick anyone up. Like they're still a playing team, yeah. and I think that's that disconnect is a lot. Of, a lot, a lot of they don't have Ken Bazemore
0: to kick around anymore.
2: That's <laughs> you
3: know, what about. there uh, so. you go. Just, you know,
2: yeah, you know. it's um, ju- it's just the uncertainty about Clay. I think you just have to see what he when he comes back what he looks like.
0: I think he should wear that hat though during games. They should they should allow him to do that. Just pay the fine each game. Yeah, so just wear the you know, with a headband. Put a headband around it so it stays on and then you're good to go. Christmas uh, anyway, guys, Sam, Christmas. Sam is Fendiari. It is always a great time to have you guys on. I have a sneaking suspicion there will be many more opportunities to have conversations. <laughs> we, about the we appreciate, by the way,
2: Andy putting on the purple and gold lighting behind yes. him. That is, this is not a concession that he would do for every uh, show, much less a show not, that props up not this a team. So, yeah, that's true. It is the offseason, but we appreciate that on top of uh, the <laughs> oh, yeah. generosity of your time.
0: polarizing and troubling times that the, we can find <laughs> common ground through Andy's smart home lamp coloring is, <laughs> is is to me, a sign that things really can get better. Make sure you check out the, the Light Years podcast. These guys are fantastic and, uh, I, I think, understand the pulse of the Warriors fan as well as anybody could possibly do that Um and I'm, I don't even know if that's healthy for you, but you you're, no. you, you do. Um, thanks so much for coming on. We'll, we'll talk to you guys soon. We'll see you Appreciate in the finals. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate thanks you guys. It. Yeah. Whoa!
3: <laughs> <in the future>.